0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning. Good morning to you. <sighs> Isn't it? As of this recording, anyway. Gorgeous outside. Beautiful. It is actually it's the pretty The sky green. is clear, blue, so much green. It's warm. But not too warm? But not too warm. It's great. Yeah, it's just right, perfect porch-sitting weather. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. And I think the air quality is finally kind of better. <laughs> that's kind of a remarkable statement. No, never mind. It's moderate today. That is not surprising. It is moderate. <sighs> I'm really getting... To really on my jimmies. Yeah. Because I, those of you who attend the Law Creek campus will remember this, I kind of lost my voice a couple weeks ago. Oh, right, right. And I think the air quality had a lot to do with that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, it was really bad there yeah. for a couple days. I have a
1: potentially stupid question. Were you, was it like a thing where like you were outside a lot and yep. that played a role?
0: So it was two things. I was outside a lot more. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be, like with some yard work things I was doing and all yeah. that. And then I was talking. I mean, I already talk a lot, but way more. I had like all these back to back to back to back meetings, okay. kind of nonstop, and just talking, yeah. talking, 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 talking. And apparently, I was not taking good enough care of my voice. Mm. And anyway, the air quality. I'm just ready for it to be uh, good. Be nice. You know, not something nice. I ever have historically looked at mm-hmm. until nice. the last anyway. few weeks. I'm like, what's the air quality today? Do you remember? Yeah, this is around that same time, a couple weeks ago, when I mean, there was a day it was so crazy you could look at the sun almost directly at it and it was like totally fine like basically like a solar eclipse that is weird as all get out the air was that hazy yeah and smoky all because of that wildfire up north
1: weirdly enough I was a little bit late to the party on learning that well maybe not late but I feel like everyone else knew before me But I saw on Insta like the um the progression of like a single day in New York and I was like, Oh, what's going on? What's uh, what's going on? Why boys? does it look
0: like why why does this look like, like a Martian movie?
1: And I'm like, Yeah, it's been a while since that last happened. I assume the last time was probably California. Yeah. But we were seeing like such similar images. I'm like, dang, that is awful. Yeah. So That's crazy. Hopefully they've got that turning a corner.
0: Yes. Get some rain up in there to get it all down there, you know? Would be nice. So anyway, I am Longing for the days of just good air quality. You don't have to think about it. <laughs> just above average, yes. please. Yes. But in the meantime, it's a beautiful morning. Mm. Lovely day. It's summer. I just love it so much. So we're actually, again, as of this recording, approaching the summer solstice. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. Longest day of the year. Wait, when does that happen? I want to say it's like June 20th or 21st or 22nd, oh. something like that. Okay. I think it's next week. Yeah. But yeah, longest day of the year is what it is. Dang. Which is awesome. But then it's like... <laughs> bittersweet because then i'm like all oh, the days begin to get shorter from here and then you know i'm almost like
1: that strikes me as odd right because we still have july and august yes summer months right notoriously summery yeah and i'm so used to like late summer nights like let's get together yeah at 8
0: p.m right sort of yeah because it, it's, it's like a very gradual okay. you know and it yeah. still stays light pretty late yeah you know
1: eventually you just have like little lights or campfires or something like that's that. that's right that's so. right
0: Yeah, so Mm -hmm. anyway, here we are with the wonderful, amazing days of summer. Would you say that it's your favorite season? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, I would not. It is. Uh, you're an autumn that. guy, aren't you? autumn <laughs> guy, okay, that's for yeah. sure. I love autumn. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult because, I mean, there is something I appreciate about all the seasons. That's Winter fair. is definitely my least favorite. I could do with just, you know, like, oh, give me two weeks of, like, cold and snow. <laughs> right. But I love spring because it, it's, like, it's warming up. Mm-hmm. The days are getting longer and you have the first hints of green. Yes. And then summer is... It's full bloom, you know? It's warm, green, beautiful. And then fall, of course, you get a little, it's a little cooler. You know, you yeah, get to enjoy yeah, the hoodies yeah. and the warm drinks. Get some and boots, get some jackets. Yes, so I some, like that. And I'll then... Spice lattes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't you be hating on that. We love those. <laughs> They're good, man. They are good. And then, of course, you know, I love Advent, in yeah. particular with winter. So you get that side of it. And there is something about those first cold, frosty mornings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's like, oh yeah, that's nice. And the first snowfall. yeah. And then after that, I'm like, end. Please it does, end. It wears out. It's welcome. Yeah, it really pretty quickly wears out. It's welcome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those are the seasons. But summer's my favorite. <laughs>
1: so, those, yeah. for everyone listening, those are the seasons. That's right.
0: That's it. In case you didn't know, that's it. <laughs> and summer is my favorite. And autumn yeah. is Ethan's favorite. Yeah, yeah. And Speaking of favorites. That's right. That's right. A while back, someone asked me what my favorite Bible verse is. Hmm. I thought, great. Question. Even if it may sound at first strangely sacrilegious, so if like, oh, you have a favorite Bible verse, man. It's not all your favorite. This one's this uh, one's uh, better uh, than I, yours. I, you know, yeah, no, I'm not. That's not what we're saying. You know, yeah. I did think it was a, a good question. And if the word favorite isn't to your taste, you know, you could reframe that as what's been the most impactful or meaningful or transformative verse of Scripture for you. Like, what's sure. the one that you return to over and over again? I think if you're taking the question seriously, you're getting at the same thing, however you slice it. And I thought that was a question you and I could each answer here on the podcast, and maybe our listeners could think about it, and we could all encourage one another in the word of the Lord, because when is it ever a bad time to do that? It's never, never. Never it's... a bad time. That's right. It's <laughs> never a bad time to do that. I mean, there are ways that you could do it that would not be helpful. You could do it poorly. Yes. But... But it's never a bad time to do it well. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, hopefully we're going to do it well. <laughs> For my answer, this is a verse that I come back to frequently, put it that way. I could almost quite literally say all the time, actually. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I I couldn't tell you a day I don't think about it It some extent. I refer to it frequently in counseling. I tend to quote it or paraphrase it or apply it in sermons. I retool it for writings. I meditate on it. Because this verse, I think, captures almost the whole essence of the gospel in one singular verse. Like, if there's any verse I think that comes really close... It's this one. It's the one I'd put my money on. Hmm. This verse for me is to the gospel. What the book of Ephesians is to the whole Bible. Let me explain what I mean by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The book of Ephesians is my favorite book in the Bible. Okay, you know the weirdly sacrilegious <laughs> question. Uh, maybe maybe that's another podcast we can talk about our favorite book of the Bible. Yeah. But briefly, the book of Ephesians is my favorite book because per verse mm-hmm. you get more of the Bible's main storyline along with its application. Than any other book. Okay. Like you it's like it's just so it's all jam packed into six chapters. Yeah. Like boom, get it all right there. Like from eternity past to the end. Eternity hence? Yeah, eternity hence. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Hence. Hence is one of my favorite words. That's a great so, word. So anyway, Ephesians does that, I think, for the whole Bible. The verse that is my favorite does that for the gospel. Oh, okay. And uh so then the question, of course, is Josiah, I watch our favorite verse. You know, <laughs> could we finally get to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite verse is Galatians two twenty, mm. which says, depending on which translation translation you use, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm. And just holy cow. I mean, I would one day love to like write a whole book just on that verse, you know, do it like the Puritans did. They take one verse and it's like, let's just write a 500 page book (laughs) on that one verse because it's all there, right? You've got, the atoning, substitutionary death of Christ on our behalf. You've got his resurrection. You've got union with Christ there. You've got newness of life, justification by faith. You've got the issue of personal identity. You've got theological paradox happening there. You know, it's Christ living in me, but I'm living in the body. Um, You've got implicit reference to the Trinity. You've got the love of Christ, not just in the main or in general, but for me specifically, Mm -hmm. like the first person singular me it's the whole kit and caboodle as they say right whoever they are i think you could spend your whole life plumbing the depths of glory revealed in that one verse mm. it's just oh, yeah it's
1: all there as you were reading this i'm like this is very you like <laughs> Like in the absolute best way, I feel like this fits like a glove because I think for years, I've actually, I've seen this like lived out in the way you talk and in the way you preach. I'm like, that makes sense to me.
0: Oh, let's yeah. see. that's, I can die now. I can, I can, I can be crucified. I can die. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, here's just a brief focus on the, the key reason I've come to cherish this verse mm-hmm. so much. And that is the love of Christ that's in there. This verse More than any other, it helps me to know and feel and experience what Paul says in Ephesians, (laughs) right? To come back to that, where he prays that all believers may know what is the length and breadth and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So when I meditate on this verse and I think about it or I'm chewing on it or whatever the case may be, it's sort of become a doorway for me to walk into to use the imagery from the poet george herbert the house where love bade me welcome Mm. you know like I, i can feel it deep in my heart and my soul when i meditate on this verse and when john calvin commented on this verse he said if any merit of ours had moved christ to redeem us this reason would have been stated right so in other words he's saying like if we had earned his love you know like if we had done something to deserve it Paul would have said so right here, okay? But then Calvin goes on to say, But now Paul ascribes the whole of Christ's redeeming death for us to love. Hmm. It is therefore a free grace. Let us observe the order. He loved us and gave himself for us, as if he had said he had no other reason for dying but because he loved us. And that when we were enemies, as he argues in another epistle. Like, that... I think this is a millennial struggle. You know, we talk about this. I don't know why. I'm sure it's an everyone's struggle. Obviously, sure. Paul was dealing with this back then. But like, you always have this sense, I think, in which he died because he had to, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that was, you know, the, job that was the plan. You know, I got to do it, I guess. You know, Like, I'll do it. But what this verse implants into my heart, like Calvin noted there in his comments on it, is that the perfect, holy, transcendent, glorious son of God you know, who should have just been, like, you know, praised and extolled by angels and creation forever, would endure the humiliation of birth and a reviled life and an excruciating death, all undeservedly, like, all unjustly, because... He loved me, like, even though I didn't love him to begin with. Right. Like, but he, he loved me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't compulsion in the Kantian sense. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, Jesus doesn't do deontological ethics. Like he died because he loved me. And I'm quite certain that I, along with every other redeemed person, will spend the rest of forever singing his praises for that. And that's why, you know, again, there's so much in that verse, but the reason I've come to cherish it so much is because of that love that is so encapsulated there, you know, it's like, yeah, no, it was, I really want to quote that poem by George Herbert, but it's a little longer, <laughs> but like, cause that's what he describes there. It's, it's called love three where, um, you know, the guest it's love bade me welcome, but my soul drew back guilty of dust and sin yet quick eyed love observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew near sweetly questioning if I needed anything and you know the the guest goes like I, I, I guest worthy to be here like that's what you say right but then love says no you you shall be he and like all these things like love wants you to be there you yeah. know he wants you to be there anyway it's that verse captures that for me yeah. um and that is why it has become so precious to me and hopefully an encouragement to all of us so anyway what's yours ooh all right well my answer I'm afraid is not gonna top that <laughs> So everyone can just relax. <laughs> we'll wait and see about that. We'll be the judge of that.
1: This is a little bit hard, though. Not not because I have some encyclopedic knowledge or a huge academic background. I do not. But to beef up my answer a little bit, I thought I'd include a little drive-by of my
0: runners-up. Oh, that's a good idea.
1: Look at that. And weirdly enough, it was not until this morning I realized there is a subtle theme there's, a, there's some some subtle connective tissue that I didn't quite realize until I was thinking through this again. Mm. It might not really be explicit enough to go into, but we'll see. So my first thought, first thought that came to mind was 1 Corinthians 13.1. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, ah, I am only a resounding gong or clanging symbol.
0: Yeah, big look at fan. There. There big it is, fan right of that. There.
1: Hard reminder. It is.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It doesn't always
1: feel good. <laughs> but um, tough. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I thought of Galatians three twenty-eight. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah.
0: Again, huge fan. There Galatians coming mm. back again too. Look exactly. at that love. Galatians were exactly a lot of cross pollination here.
1: Big, big emphasis on on like priority and. Identity nope. and and the unity there. Mm-hmm. It's yep, like yep. also weirdly a hard reminder. Like yes. kind yes. of shouldn't be, but I'm like yeah, oh, no. okay, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but ultimately, I landed on First uh, Thessalonians four eleven. Uh huh. Yeah, which oh, are, yeah, we've, we've slightly yes. had this discussion before. Yes. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your hands. Which I've slightly abbreviated for flow there. That's fine. You know, I'm like I can just take your pick of the translation <laughs> that you want. But um, okay, why? Why is why does this appeal to me? Why do I respond to this? I don't know that it comes across in this podcast, and I kind of hope it doesn't come across in in most of my interactions because it's. <laughs> It's an annoying <laughs> personal quality but some some will know that I I can certainly be a very intense contrarian and it look it's not To disagree in and of itself it's not a desire to disagree as much as it's like an inclination to critique or Mm re-examine you know just kind of like take things a little carefully so that like green lighting or quickly agreeing to something is not my knee-jerk reaction sure to hopefully maybe approach things with caution (laughs) who knows um (laughs) but like in practice if we're being real i'm sure many of us can relate uh, many thoughts and many opinions i have and i feel them very intensely And you know what? They're not always helpful. (laughs) They're not. You know what I mean? I'm sure this is... I hope this is familiar to everyone else. But I I think we could look around and confidently say that in the general first-ranked auctions... We have great solidarity. Right. This yeah. is a general we here. Yep. I mean, you and me certainly, but I'm yep. assuming many of our listeners, we have an orthodox view of salvation and so on. This is yep. not super bizarre unless we've unless we've smuggled in some heresies that we're we're occasionally talking about on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> Accidental Arianism.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I think if you take a, a few steps away from that and look at your your second and third rank issues, boy, do
0: I have some thoughts and opinions. <laughs> Which is good, by the way. Let sure. me interrupt and say good to have opinions. Well, thank you. Not to have thank those. You.
1: And you know, I I can sometimes find it frighteningly easy to see what should be safe thoughts and opinions, freedom to explore thoughts and opinions. I can sometimes accidentally find myself viewing them as world shattering essentials. <laughs> sure, sure. And that is not correct. <laughs> by definition, <laughs> that is not what it is. <laughs> And I'm, I'm hoping that's a familiar feeling too, to more than just me. So, okay, think of your favorite pet issue, the hill that you love to die on <laughs> and ask yourself if it's essential for salvation because I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, it's like important. I'll grant you, it is. Yeah. I'm sure it's important. It's like minor important to me, but like introduce to the situation, someone who disagrees with you and tell me how it mars your view of them. Sure. Because yep. I'm being really honest, man. Like it can be super easy to forget that they too are an image bearer oh uh, yes a tricky have, fact and they might have valid opinions too and like insight to to, to angles and in elements of this that you have not considered right that's right. a little frustrating yeah because it's the one i like to die on yeah that's the one i wanted so, it's
0: like um what's the joke there the millennium you talk about like that's an example <laughs> one like the millennium you know when you run a christ the millennium yeah. is a thousand years of peace that christians mm. love to fight about <laughs> exactly you
1: know yeah so you know with this in mind and, and i find it easy to kind of see this as a kind of recurring pattern, the the kind of impulse to interject or disagree or, or make a statement. Like, what is that? Like, where is that coming from for me? And what do I hope to accomplish? And I think, again, personally speaking, it can be wholly wasteful for me if my only goal is just to ensure that everyone in the room knows how I feel or know how I think on a certain issue. Sure. Generally not helpful. Can be. Can be helpful (laughs) if the environment is appropriate for that. And that's like the invited discussion. But at least for me, that is not where my heart is. And I think, ironically, that can kind of take me back to the, f- the first Corinthians 13 one of, of just being a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. <laughs> right. And I did not plan this connection. I'm just like, huh. look at how that works I can, out. I can find myself feeling a whole lot more like that verse than this one. Mm-hmm. And I think at least it can be a lot wiser to steward your words. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, yeah, mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I always need to unpack that one. But um, yep. but I do want to bring up the, the work with your hands part mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I'm sure there is perhaps some context here or an implication that I'm not fully grasping as a not scholar. But when I, you know, when I think about these issues, that uh, whatever these issues are, I, I don't, I'm not intentionally being vague at all. No. Like social, political, theological, whatever it is, like your yeah. like is on your radar right now. For me, I spend a lot of time in my head and in my emotions, just kind of turning over these thoughts and examining these convictions that I, oh, I feel so strongly. <laughs> and it can, I think, for me, be a balm to step out of that space and reconnect with the physical world to kind of like ground myself mm-hmm. and engage a different part of my heart and mind and it i think can i can find that kind of sobering for for lack of a better term yeah and i think for me this verse is a really grounding reminder in those moments across the spectrum of like you know is what i have to say actually valuable and what are my motivations in doing so yes and how easily i can get carried away with that and what does that affect like how i view my family in christ you know like in possibly damaging ways i can get carried away with something and forget those priorities which there we go that's the Verse in Galatians. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for me, I think this is like a good kind of rebalancing verse. Yes. To kind of like check in with myself. No,
0: no, that is that is really well spoken and well said. Interestingly enough, we have this verse tacked up above the kitchen sink in our house, because this is one of Morgan's favorites. It's one of my favorites too. I like I mean, I don't know. There's a lot to the Doing what God has put in front of you Hmm. and then entrusting the rest to him. I think that's kind of also implicit in this verse here. Yeah, that's excellent. Lucky there. Well, hopefully this was an edifying discussion for all of us. I certainly found it to be that way. Yeah. Very encouraging and a joy a delight to do it so thank you as always for listening if you have any questions on this or you want to talk about other specific Bible verses if you want to share your favorite you can email us as always at podcast at horizonschurch.net if you want to leave us an honest five star review you know with scriptural backing or something you know if you want to do that you know there encourage the saints encourage one another in the Lord as as Paul would say it you can certainly do that we'd Mm. be grateful and uh, again thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time